I think it's I think it's wild to think about. You know, uh, we went from tracking missiles to a golf ball. Well, we made it to episode eight of Fits with the Founder. I'm your founder, Nick Sherburn. I'm here with Cassie. Hey, guys. So we got a fun episode today. We're going to dive into something that, uh, you know, first of all, I think it's very interesting. It's very important to our business, the track man, Mm -hmm. Uh, how we, you know, read all your swings and all the golf ball data at our stores. And it's the very best on the PGA Tour. And I think there's just a lot of interesting things. And then I think there's controversy that comes with sometimes launch monitors for the super golf geek out there. (laughs) And so uh, we kind of get into all of that, right? Yeah. And we we bring in an expert. It's not just us telling you. We bring in an expert. So that's going to be great. Yeah. You don't have to believe us. But, I mean, but you uh, can if you, you want. You will need to believe this person because he's literally like the number third person at the company from the very beginning. So uh, Matt Freelich will be on and it's a great interview. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. But first, we had some we had some news from this weekend as of recording. Um, we had a, a couple good tournaments. We had the Memorial, which there was some drama. Yeah. That, and we were talking before we got on here. I I just sit there and go, how did that happen to John Rahm? Yeah. How did the PGA Tour let that happen to John Rahm? For those who don't know, John Rahm was leading the tournament and had to withdraw because he had a positive COVID test. But that was his second positive COVID test. He had a positive COVID test before the tournament even started. And they let him play. And they let him play. And then he leads the tournament. And then I don't really like how they made it a spectacle of, you know, they didn't wait to take him inside or anything. They kind of like did it right in front of the cameras. And I don't know. The whole thing doesn't sit right to me. It feels like maybe. And listen, I know I'm talking out of my butt right now. So, (laughs) you know, but I would hope the PGA Tour had some kind of protocol for this. But it it seemed weird because if I'm John Rahm, I have a positive. Then you let me play. Then I'm leading the tournament. Then I get another positive. And now I'm out a million some bucks, which would have been the winning whatever the winner got. Whatever it was. I mean, good for Patrick Cantlay. But I mean. If you're John Robb, that's devastating. Like, well, and I mean, he had a visceral, emotional reaction that like all the cameras caught. Yeah. Like, and I mean, that's just who he like. He's an emotional person, which good for you. But like that just sucks that you can't just have that moment by yourself in it, the locker room. It just came to me. I just had a thought. The oh, light God. just went on. Remember how we were talking about the tour generating or like when the whole like Bryson DeChambeau Brooks thing went yeah. down and how there was this conspiracy theory that it was the tour creating drama for ratings. Are you are you throwing that gauntlet down? Do you think you that's know what? what this I'm was? Gonna, I'm going to have to take that that's a thing and that this was some kind of premeditated something. So anytime, so, anytime something happens on tour now, we're going to be like, ah, it's for that 40 million. I have it's, the it's right the to retract all my statements that I'm keeping making on this podcast. <laughs> that being said, I'm going to have the first take of saying that there's something fishy here. It's Which, possible. by the way, we didn't even talk about that. What about Bryson DeChambeau getting taunted by the fans <laughs> with Brooksy? Brooksy. There's like shirts and hats now, and I'm not going to lie, I want one. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, listen, it's it's, hopefully Bryson's taking it with, you know, some tough skin. I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's interesting. It brings a different element to golf. I think Brooks getting on Twitter and going, anybody they got kicked out today. You're going to get a case of beer. Yeah, on free me. beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is an interesting thing. Listen, it's, um, we have something to talk about, right? I mean, I guess I the whole you're living rent free in my head thing is re- so true right now. But I think it's kind of fun. I do think Bryson's taking it with a grain of salt, and I think he's a little bit he's lightened up a little bit from when we first met him on the tour, and he was a little bit of like the really stiff guy. Like I think he's having more fun. But 
Brooks Kepka's like that's that's somebody that he's going after that's going to go right back after him. So well, I you know what that would be great because you know I don't think Brooks meant to do anything. I don't think no. it was his fault. He just played off it this week. Yeah. Hopefully Bryson comes back with something as another zinger back. I will say I'm having fun making memes with that picture, <laughs> and I've made a million of them, and I use it for just about everything in life. With it, we have Brooks sign and Bryson walking by. About 45 seconds after it happened, we tweeted about it from <laughs> from the club champion account. I have no. <laughs> dog in the fight, but it is interesting to uh, to see go down. Yeah. And then big news with LPGA, Lexi. Yes. Lexi, she was killing it. So she actually, for those of you who don't know, she is a, a club champion brand ambassador. She actually visited our store before the tournament, right? Either Thursday or... I think it was Friday, Friday actually. she came? That's when... So the way I understood it from the fitters at the store out there in San Carlos is she came in Friday after a round. She was struggling a little bit with her putter. Mm-hmm. They added some weight to her putter. Goes out the next day, shoots 66, and is leading the turn. Yeah, wild, like five-shot yeah. lead. So pretty cool. And then I guess the story evolves even further that after the tournament, um, she was still there Monday, I guess, mm-hmm. and went back in and had all her putters. She carries like three putters when she goes yeah. all matched to that weight. Yeah, she wanted to make sure everything was consistent for just confidence and whatnot. And I mean, even, it, you know, obviously it sucks that she wasn't able to walk away with the major win and all that. But um, even that said, she still was playing great golf like she was playing confident golf and to her credit one of the things that I love about um, just watching golf in general is how they react when something bad happens and I personally feel like Lexi Thompson is the classiest of class acts because even when she was missing putts or just things she was landing in you know bunkers and whatnot she was just laughing it off and you could tell that as a human she was frustrated but it was just she was fine with it like it was just like this is a game I'm here it's fine and she was just a class act about it she's a great role model and she has life and perspective and we're so lucky to have her and we're happy she's on our team and uh but it was great to see her, you know, play hard this week. Yeah. And I mean, it worked out for, for Sasso. So a 19 year old got to win, you know, obviously a major win is massive, but now she's got a card for five years for the LPGA. And something that I thought was interesting because I, to be honest with you, wasn't super familiar with Sasso prior to this particular tournament, which is just bad on me. I should watch more LPGA tour events. Um, but her bag is a truly mixed bag. So her, what's in the bag for her win? She has a, a Sim 2 driver. Um, she has a couple other woods. She has Callaway Mavericks. She has Mira Irons. She has Titleist Wedges and a Peretti Putter. So like it doesn't get she much more brand, brand agnostic. agnostic. <laughs> yeah, she's as brand agnostic as it gets. And I'm guessing if we got to hear her story, she She's probably been to a lot of fitters like us. Yeah. Maybe she been to us. I don't know, but uh, we should probably look into that. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, obviously, congrats to Sasso. And, and yeah. to be able to, you know, have that last round with Lexi, somebody who's been there and done that, who is a, a major winner and or rather a tour winner. Um, it's it's experience that you can't get elsewhere. So that's awesome. I don't think there was any other tournaments, but uh, before we were filming this, our producer, Danny, was laughing that he had his greatest round ever played. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta give him a little shout out. So, <laughs> so I told him we'd give him a shout out. I mean, come on, we're all about you know us. Yeah, we talk about the tour, but it's really about us average players getting better at golf. Yeah. So we always talk about Nick and and our vendors falling asleep on greens, but we actually had a great golf story from you know our own corporate world. I think he shot ten over, which was his best round, and that's amazing. Yeah. There you go. Improvement. It's well, happening. you know, he just started working here not too long ago. He gets some clubs that fit. Here we are. That's yeah. why you do it. You understand a little bit more about putting strokes and yeah. everything else, and suddenly it all clicks. It all makes sense. Um, which, speaking of all making sense, um, Nick talks a little bit about it earlier, who we're going to have on the podcast in a, in a few minutes. We have Matt Freelich um, from Trackman. He's basically the OG as swing analysis really is concerned. Is. Yeah, that's I think we've called him the, the godfather of <laughs> swing analysis, or Trackman is. I call 
track man. But yeah, I mean, it was a small company that started whatever it was 17 years ago, and he was part of the original startup for the most part. So you're going to learn a lot. Yeah, he's been there since day one. So we have a lot of questions from you guys about, you know, fitting indoors and how things work with TrackMan versus competitors. So stay tuned. In just a few minutes, we'll talk to Matt. So we have a special guest here, uh, Matt Freelich from TrackMan. Very important uh, technology that we have at Club Champions, something we hang our hat on of having the very best. And so we're welcome, Matt, to the show. Matt, what is your title exactly at uh, TrackMan? How long have you been there? Yeah, so uh, title first is uh, Senior Vice President of Sales and Business Development. And I have been with the company since, well, 2006, so 15 years. That wow. is, that's insane. So you've basically seen the whole, the whole rise to the top. You know, things have changed quite a bit at the company. When I uh, joined, we were less than 10 people. Um, it's a Danish company. So I was the first non-Danish employee at the company. And uh, <laughs> gosh, from less than 10 people to today, you know, well over 400 and growing. We, we, we've grown a lot since that time. Well, I think that's a good natural like segue into it because I, you know, there's there's people that know that there's there's launch monitors out there, and um, I don't think a lot of folks, and hopefully, uh, I would think a lot of the folks listening probably don't know about you know uh, TrackMan, how it was derived, how long it's been, what 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 comes, how what is TrackMan, and and where it came from, and why its lineage has made it the very best today, and has almost always been the best since it was launched. So uh, you, you might be asking me to almost tell a story, right? Because I, I, I know this one quite well. I uh, had been speaking with the guys at TrackMan a couple years before I even joined the company. Um, and, you know, the reason why the company was created, the original co-founders of the company back in the day owned the four busiest ranges in Europe. And their idea was to try to, you know, improve the driving range experience. So, you know, they, they invested heavily in infrastructure like double-decker range, uh, revamping what the bays and everything looked like. And, you know, every time they'd spend all that money, they would see business go up for a little bit of time, but then get back to where it was. And, you know, the, the driving range business is kind of predictable that, you know, people only drive from so far away. And of course, there's a lot of people trying to reinvent that today. Um, but, you know, one of the ideas that they had and, you know, uh, the, the, one of those co-founders was a gentleman named Dr. Klaus Elder Jorgensen, and uh, he's he's still active in the company today. And, you know, Klaus and his brother Morton, well, Klaus was, you know, Danish national champion, great player, played in the World Golf Championships. And, you know, his brother Morton, also very competitive. If you go to their home club, you see club champion, you know, Klaus, Klaus, Morton, Klaus, you know, like that. And, you know, one of the ideas was, gosh, you know, instead of having us just hit a shot at a flag and say who won, you know, brothers are always competitive. Um, wouldn't it be great if there was a technology that could tell us who won? Uh, we would definitely be having more fun here. But even when I'm practicing by myself in game development, I want to know exactly where the ball goes. And, you know, I could work on my club set makeup and, you know, choose and, and, and know more about the game. So, you know, I would spend more money and do that. So they started doing some research and gosh, you know, we're talking back before there was anything that could track the ball all the way and just things that were called launch monitors, like camera cameras that would take a couple pictures of a ball and guess where it went. And the problem with guessing where a ball goes is, gosh, the wind blows everywhere in the world. And, you know, when, when 
what you see is not what you get, or even worse yet, right? It says Morton won when clearly Klaus hit the better shot. So, you know, that began the idea of, gosh, you know, there's a really good idea here, but it's got to track the ball all the way. They did a lot of homework and research and market diligence and found other companies that, hey, we can do that. But, you know, unfortunately, we're dealing with companies that overpromise and underdeliver, and it's totally not TrackMan style. So, um, but along the way, they, you know, uh, heard about a Danish company that, um, you know, does, you know, big time military contracts, you know, uh, radar defense technologies for, you know, all the major governments around the world. And um, it just so happened to be a Danish company. So, you know, Klaus was able to reach out to the president of that company. And, you know, in the beginning, that person was, gosh, you know, I'm not really interested in golf. And you're talking about, you know, projects, what, $100,000. I mean, totally not interesting to us. Um, but hey, we're both Danish. Let's let's sit and talk. And uh, at one of those first meetings, he introduces this young guy, you know, the 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 most accomplished, best radar defense guy in the world. And his name's Frederick. Right. And, um, you know, when they say, hey, you know, our idea is to track a golf ball. Frederick says, well, I mean, I already know how to track a golf ball. I mean, uh, you know, I had to set up a big radar system for the U.S. government. And before they started doing the testing, which is you know, huge dollar amount of ammunition going to be flying. He said, Hey, I've got my clubs in the trunk. Do you mind? And so, you know, that, that's how that meeting started. And, you know, everything, you know, Klaus was asking Frederick was yes. And a long story short, the, the, the company's president and Klaus didn't really see the business opportunity the same way. And uh, Klaus smartly approached Frederick on the side saying, Hey, you know uh, this is our idea. Um, you know, we think you have what it takes to design a system that can track the ball all the way. And, um, you know, our idea is, you know, to take this product to market, to make our driving ranges experience, driving range experiences better. Um, would you be interested in joining as a co-founder? And that's when Frederick Tuxen, uh, unbelievably, right, within 48 hours of getting this proposal, left the best job he could have ever had through all of his college and career up to that point. But uh, they're all of a sudden now it's Morton Klaus and Frederick as co-founders of TrackMan. And Klaus and uh, Frederick are still very active in the company today. And Morton's the chairman of the company who handles all of the uh, TrackMan patents and things like that. I think that's very cool. I think it's I think it's wild to think about. You know, uh, we went from tracking missiles to a golf ball. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah, that, that you know, Frederick. I, I remember one time at a PGA show, someone was trying to argue that TrackMan wasn't science, and I won't name names, but I remember Frederick looking at the guy saying, "You know, one of my last projects was you know a a, a naval warship tracking the Trident missile as it left the atmosphere." And then the job is to track it upon reentry, right? And now you're talking about golf swing theory. I mean, who's science here, right? So it, it's been a fun journey and, uh, you know, just a pleasure to work with guys that are that serious, also that successful in their careers. So, you know, I, I mean, with, with TrackMan, so like you, they, they created this system and it's obviously gone through a couple generations. I guess, you know, one of those things I always like to hear is, and this is what I think sets TrackMan apart, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but is the innovation that what TrackMan uses, you know, I've been in business for 23 years and I've had a bunch of different launch monitors. I've tested them all. And what I'm, I think I'm always impressed by is, 
the evolution of what you guys do. So you're constantly looking to get better. You're constantly updating and status quo isn't the same. Talk to us a little bit about the evolution of TrackMan and then also the cultural set of, you know, what the mission statement of making it better all the time is. You know, it's uh, Nick, you've been a very much a part of that, right? You might remember I came and visited you when uh, just before you guys became club champion, you had this great idea and, and Keith and Joe and, you know, all this fun stuff, right? So we did that demo, uh, there at Willowbrook. And, um, you know, at that time that was TrackMan 2 and TrackMan 2 was, you know, you had to travel around in a suitcase. Um, it had to be connected to a PC with a USB 2.0 cable. I mean, try to find one of a PC that can connect via USB 2.0 these, these days. Um, but you know, that was the beginning and, you know, the very first TrackMan, I mean, believe it or not, when, when Klaus and Frederick started, right, they didn't think the idea was to go to the driving range and tell the, the typical amateur at the range that that seven iron just went 137 yards, right? Because they wouldn't believe it. So they always wanted to start at the very, very top of the pyramid and work their way down. So it was always R&D at all of the levels. And, you know, when they were doing uh, these first demos for major equipment manufacturers in golf, the names that we all know very well, um, one of the questions was like, it's unbelievable. I mean, this is revolutionary tracking it all the way. No more guessing. Right. But do you think that thing could do spin rate? And, you know, at the time, it's like, why would that is that important? And they're like, oh, well, that's really how we do fitting. And you can think about the original launch monitors. So, you know, Frederick started saying, well, let me look at my raw data and I'll come back to you. And, uh, you know, that question became the, the, the basis for TrackMan's first patent, uh, the ability to use radar to measure uh, the spin rate of a, you know, we call it a sports ball. Um, but golf, you know, you can think we're in baseball and stuff like that. And, and you know, that began there. And then, you know, my journey to TrackMan was I had sold other launch monitors uh, before this and other, you know, video analysis technologies and, and putting systems and things. And my idea was to come up with the ultimate indoor bay. Well, they didn't even think about the indoor golf market as being, you know, why would we want to do that? Right. I mean, our thing is to track it all the way outdoors. And that's the main thing. I said, yeah, but think about it. If you can track it all the way outdoors and then just take just that 15 feet of ball flight indoors and compare that to all the data we measure all the way outdoors, gosh, we're going to have the predictive algorithms that nobody can touch. And then, you know, over time, you know, Frederick and I were getting ready to meet another equipment manufacturer. And, you know, when you get on planes and stuff like that, equipment gets bounced around. He said, hey, I just want to recalibrate. And I remember being, you know, he says, well, the way we'll recalibrate is you hit shots at that target as well as you can do. And I'm going to look at the data and I'm going to zero the machine out and we're going to be good. And he says something about, you know, gosh, the, the at the bottom of your swing, it's really interesting how your club goes. And I say, Frederick, wait a minute. You, you can see the club, too. I mean, we didn't even measure the club at the time. So he says, yeah, I mean, why, why is that interesting, right? There's a common theme here. And I said, gosh, you, you, you changed the market quite a bit from just being R&D and trying to get into fitting, right, with, with spin rate and being able to see exactly where the ball goes to now, gosh, you know, coaching and everything like that. And I remember one of my... Um, you know, gosh, when you're when you're less than 10 people, you're doing a lot more than just a specific role. So I used to be sales, customer support, and I did all the tour events as well. And I remember, you know, tour pros getting frustrated saying, gosh, you know, I'm a high spin player and I've tried every shaft and every head and every ball and I'm still a high spin player. And now we had the ability to say, you know what, 
Yes, because you, you know, you're looking for that, what everybody talks about the ideal launch window, you might remember back in the day, right, Nick, it's 10 to 12 degrees, 2,500 spin. That's what everybody should do. But not if you're hitting down on the ball, five degrees angle of attack with driver, you need to launch the ball, you know, much lower in order to transfer a lot of speed and a moderated or, or, or a lower spin rate to the ball. But people didn't know that. And until we started being able to measure the club and correlate that, because in the beginning, you know, you'd have players, you know, and the ball speed on tour has gone up as we all know, but uh, you'd have players at that time, the average ball speed was 165 and you'd have the same day, no wind and 165 with one player goes, you know, to 255. And then for another player, almost 290. And you're saying, gosh, I mean, all of these players have access to the best equipment. They're fully optimized why would one player be able to hit it 35 yards in the air farther than another player when, come on, we're out on the PGA tour. And when we peeled back, you know, some of the layers, we found out, yeah, the people that don't hit it as far, they're the ones with the angle of attack that's down. The ones that hit it the farthest hit up on the ball and they optimize. So all of a sudden we we learned that to optimize someone for a fitting and get the right driver. And we've learned this happens with irons, but to get the right driver, you got to know your angle of attack and your club head speed. And there we can determine what your ideal launch parameter should be. So I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of going all over there, Nick, but uh, you know, th- those are things that really in the early stages were changing. And I think, you know, most people take it for granted today, but um, you know, well, if we were I- doing what we did, right, that, that, that doesn't happen. Well, I think that's a perfect set, another perfect segue to we don't have to name names. We're going to get into why TrackMan is the best and why TrackMan is different than the competition out there in what different, you know, stores like us or any kind of, you know, facility that has a launch monitor per se, you know, what makes it different? And I, I mean, is it a fair assessment to say that TrackMan because to me, this is how I word it to my customers is they really are the godfathers of it. You know, there was people tracking, you know, giving to your point, taking a picture of a golf ball and giving you a general analysis or an algorithm that says this is what's happening. But you actually came up with not only a way of tracking it, but also how it defines how we fit a golf club and how a person swings a golf club and ultimately what is the best for that particular player. Would you say that's an accurate statement? Uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely an accurate statement. And I mean, even just think about the subtleties of uh, for your stores that are at elevation. I mean, if you're going to be out in elevation, but you can't measure the ball all the way, you need to launch the ball a little bit higher with a little bit more spin to be optimized at higher elevations or even in more heat versus, you know, at sea level um, and, and cooler temperatures. I mean, when once you can measure it all the way and not only just measure the ball all the way, but how does the club, you know, impact the ball? You can learn a lot of things. And uh, yeah, I, I like how you said it. I, I uh, never thought of us as godfathers here, but, you know, we, we, we certainly brought some, uh, you know, good ideas and, and the ability to measure and prove why you can perform better. And I think we've, um, you know, helped benefit the game quite a bit. You talk about going, you know, from top down with pros, basically starting there and kind of working your way down. And I think that's the most interesting thing for me because I'm so far away <laughs> from being a pro golfer, from even, you know, being able to sniff some of the skills that those guys and girls have. But with TrackMan and, and having a swing analysis in a fitting, you can actually see how you as an individual or as an amateur, how you compare to the average, you know, whether it's swing speed or smash factor or spin rate 
generator, whatever it is, you can actually take your numbers as an individual and compare yourself to the people who are doing this at the the t- like top level, you know, of the game and actually see what individual things you need to improve. Because when you're going in and learning or going through lessons and things like that, there are small things that you need to tweak and whatnot, but it's kind of a holistic view as opposed to an individual metric. And I think the most interesting thing for me as a golfer individually is understanding, okay, I specifically have to work on angle of attack, or I specifically have to work on getting my spin down or up or whatever it is. That's, it's like magic to me. And I feel like a lot of our customers feel that way when they walk in and can see just how much data TrackMan delivers. I can only agree with you, Cassie. I think that's extremely well said. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was just playing uh, with one of my friends who just came from a, a club champion fitting the other day and, you know, had a driver that's in my bag, which I thought, you know, hung the moon. And he said, no, 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 this one's better. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, the guy at club champion had me on track, man. And, you know, here it is. And sure enough, you know, we were kind of the same last year and now he's hitting it by me. So, you know, the game for me begins. Now I got, I got a book of fitting with you guys. <laughs> Good. We, we hooked him, Nick. We got him. <laughs> It is. Well, you know how it is. The motivation is uh, someone that you thought you were at least as good of hits it by you. And uh, how did he do that? Right. Uh, He doesn't swing faster than I do. But uh, yeah, you know, and the nice thing is, is while the ability to measure, you know, helps us as golfers, as you were describing and optimize based on how I swing the club. But it's also helped, you know, take that uh, the equipment manufacturers and, and they keep building better products. So, you know, every few years you can go back and try the new equipment and, and, and there, there has been big gains in, in the equipment side. We always talk about, you know, you can only go so far, but they've really, you know, optimized things and now they can test it and prove it. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's why I need to go get some more equipment as well. <laughs> awesome. So Nick, do you, do you want to dive into indoor versus outdoor? Uh, I was, I was going to go right after it. Do it. Now, here's the deal. I don't want anybody to listen to this podcast and think Nick Sherbert is a defensive human being, because if you do me, <laughs> I am the least defensive human being. I'm an offensive minded person. So uh, like some of our podcasts, we do get a lot of people that ask a lot of questions. Fair enough. So I want to just directly hit it, go on the offense and have the czar of TrackMan here kind of give us his take on a lot of the things that we hear from listeners that are listening to this or, you know, in the blogs or whatever. And so, you know, one of the things we hear, Matt, is indoors versus outdoors. I think outdoors, it's very, TrackMan has that stronghold that not many people would ever dispute. But indoors, we get a lot of folks that are like, well, camera-based systems, uh, launch monitors are better. So why don't you give us our thought, your thoughts on that? Because I know me and you have talked many, but, you know, give the listeners from the horse's mouth your thought on that. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of thoughts, right? It won't be just one, but I think, you know, that type of statement needs to be put on a timeline, number one, because a lot of times people will say, well, camera's better, and then they want to just stop there. And you say, well, you know, you're probably comparing that to TrackMan's original technologies, which were single, you know, 3D radar technology. And now we've gone all the way to TrackMan 4, right? Which you guys just upgraded to on all of your stores over the last, you know. Um, but, but the point there is now we're dual radar. Plus, a lot of people don't know that, but camera, uh, camera technology is also part of TrackMan 4. So we are using radar, two different bands of radar, um, one focusing on the ball, one focusing on the club all the way through and everything that happens short and also using a camera to see. So if someone says camera is better, yeah, we, 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 we are that right. Um, 
but we also get to use the radar, right? And that uh, the new, you know, dual technology, dual radar technology, you know, that's seeing the club all the way around without having to mark it, right? With stickers and all that kind of stuff. And the other thing I will say, right, is that, you know, we're the only ones that can compare what really happens outdoors with what happens indoors. The other ones are guessing, trying to tweak their algorithm to get it a little bit better. But I, I, I will tell you that if you take those system that people say are so great indoors, outdoors, you find discrepancies. And I know that people say, well, watch what's what's happening on tour. And, you know, there's different reasons people use different things. And I can tell you still more than 80% of the tour, you just have to go to an event and see the practice rounds and you'll see orange everywhere out there. And then there's, you know, a couple of handfuls of of competitive product out there. Um, But even if you talk to those players, you know, they'll realize that the data is not right. A lot of times the data is inflated. So if you inflate the data, that makes it, you know, a little bit easier for pros to, you know, I mean, they have egos too, right? But but th- there is no truth to that, right? And we, we've got people switching all of the time, you know, the, well, you guys have always known known the right way, but uh, we, we've had, I'll tell you that our, our uh, you know, we, we, we have trade-in programs and um, our, our rooms are full of trade-in product of, of, you know, our competitors, including that, you know, one they say is the greatest camera and, and cameras great indoors. And these are indoor facilities. I mean, even, you know, golf's biggest retailers making a big switch right now as well to, to go to TrackMan indoors because they know it's better and their customers are performing better with the product that they're getting fit by. And in the end, I mean, that's what we're all trying to do is help people enjoy the game more. And how do they enjoy it more when their performance improves? Yeah. Amen to that. I mean, that's, and that's what I, you know, I can speak to that because obviously I've known you since whatever it's been 2008, 2009. And, you know, I've owned a lot of different machines over the years and, you know, so I've got a pretty good working knowledge of how these things are built, what they're using, how they're getting to their end product. And what I've always, and I said it earlier and I'll say it again, have been so impressed by, by TrackMan is the fact that it's very transparent. It's very accurate, no matter what kind of situation I throw at it, um, indoor, outdoor conditions, whatever it's there. And it's constantly evolving and there's no really behind the curtain where, when I start going to the others or ones I've owned in the past, there was a lot of question marks of, well, this is how we do it, but it's a little bit of an algorithm or it's a little bit of this. It's never really been that way. It's just, we have radar, we track it, and then we give it to you. It's like, okay, perfect. And now we have camera, right? So you yeah, know, we're right. taking the best of both worlds. I mean, uh, you know, we, we want to just put the best product out there. And I think sometimes, I don't know, you know, there, there's always this, you know, I want to be the smartest golf pro and you make these arguments or whatever. And uh, I, you know, I don't understand it, but you know, we, we keep doing what we do. We keep investing in making the product, you know, think about TrackMan 4 was first introduced in 2016 and we didn't do impact location. Now we use impact location uh, that helps the ball flights even better. Um, you know, we didn't do putting and chipping. Now we do. We're the only system out there that measures the putt all the way. Right. And I know you guys some use some other technologies to talk about how the putter is moving and things that, that we're not quite there yet on. But uh, th- this is you know just something that keeps improving and uh, we're committed to being the very best. I just think it's it's a little short sighted when people try to say Trackman's not the best indoors. Um, maybe, maybe there's a budgetary concern or some other reason, but, you know, it's the one you can always line up. And, uh, you know, you don't have to put stickers on any of the equipment and stuff like that. You just get in there and you hit the shot. I think Nick's point 
about transparency does play a little bit of a role in that about people being short-sighted and saying that, you know, maybe TrackMan isn't the best indoors compared to some others. Because the thing that I see, because, you know, Matt, for your reference, I'm kind of the one that's, you know, on our social media platforms and I'm in our forums and, and kind of seeing what people are saying and the questions that they ask of club champion. Um, one of the things is that anytime you see a number that's italicized, that's essentially a guess or a hypothesis. So the thought process is, well, if I see an italicized spin rate when I'm in a club champion, and fitting, it's just guessing my spin rate. It doesn't actually know that. And what people don't understand <laughs> is competitive products are doing the same thing. They just aren't being transparent about it. So because you guys are going the extra route of, of saying, you know, Hey, you know, this hit, we had to maybe guess what the spin rate was this time because you guys are being transparent about those measurements within your system. I think people don't understand that everybody else is doing the same thing. They just aren't being honest. It's very true. And I think one thing that's very telling, and this is what all of our customers will tell us when they talk to the competitors, they always want to talk about our product's good. You know why? Because TrackMan's bad. And it's like an anti-TrackMan type thing. And they end up hearing a lot about TrackMan. And, you know, for us, we just really want to focus on what we do well, set fair expectations. And, uh, you know, we bend over for our customers and really focus on support. But I mean, I'm just glad I'm supporting the best technology because it, you know, leads to really good conversations. But uh, yeah, I, I like how you guys look at it as well. And, you know, for us, uh, you know, any weakness that your team ever reports or whatever, it's something that we focus on and constantly improve, right? And you guys see it in your stores, right? Hey, firmware revision X, you know, and and, and there's constantly firmware updates to make this product better. Yeah, I love it. Um, Cassie, what's some other ones? You know, my brain just went like turned <laughs> off for a second. So let what? me, let me play a little devil's advocate. So we're talking about how great it is to have, you know, all this measurement and have all this data at your fingertips. And that's obviously kind of what club champion hangs our hat on is the ability that, you know, this isn't a guessing game and, and TrackMan and the technologies that we use allow us to, to firmly say that. And, you know, we have all this data to back up the combinations that we're suggesting, but <laughs> let's go the other way. Um, I'm curious, Matt. So you know, TrackMan is not just used in the in the PGA. There's um, technology that you know spans across other sports, MLB, NFL, and stuff like that. And you know, do you ever feel when you see all of this analysis and you see all of this accuracy, do you ever feel like there maybe is just too much of a good thing? Like there's there's too much accuracy, and we're kind of removing some of maybe not human error, but just kind of the human elements of these sporting events. I'll give you an example. My husband, anytime he's watching a baseball game, <laughs> and we see the the strikes box and we see an umpire incorrectly call a strike or a ball, it's kind of like, oh man, but it's only because we have that technology available to show us. So there's human error involved. So do you ever feel like this much precision kind of takes some of the fun out of it? You know, I, I would always want precision in any measurement technology, but uh, one of the things, I mean, you know, a lot of people know us as makers of great hardware, great algorithms, you know, being able to measure all the way, but uh, we've got a great software team and, you know, that's our, our interface. And the interface always allows you to choose what you want to show. And, you know, right, you don't want to get a fitting and look at more than 30 parameters because that's just confusion. So, you know, the, the best fitters will only put up the right parameters for you, maybe five to seven. And those are the ones that are easy to relate to. And, uh, you know, that's one way we've handled it is just being able to allow a customizable UI so that, Hey, you don't need all the parameters. Just put some relevant ones up there so that people can see. Uh, I'll never forget. I had, uh, you know, a professional on the East Coast one time. He said, 
gosh, you guys made fitting process so easy. I said, well, what, what, what do you mean, Tom? You know, and this guy's a legendary life member of the PGA. And he says, well, you know, I had a member today. We were going through a fitting and she's the type of lady. I thought I had no chance. And she said, this is the easiest fitting in the world. He says, well, what do you mean? He says, well, all the pink dots go further than the white dots. I'm going to buy the club that has the pink dots. And and that's all she really wanted to know. And, you know, it, you can make it simple if the presentation of the data is simple. Um, and then I guess, you know, with, with baseball, I can't stand when umpires, I feel like that's why the Tigers didn't win a couple world series here in the last <laughs> decade and stuff. So I, I you know, it, that, that I can't stand. I don't, I, I get human error is part of the game, but not with all this technology. I can't stand for that. Well, I, I, think it, I knew that was going to be your answer. <laughs> Well, the baseball one is interesting to me because I'm a huge baseball fan and you're starting to see a lot different hitting styles now with the advent of them having a thing like TrackMan, understanding uh, bat velocity and understanding uh, launch and spin. And, you know, that's been that's becoming a pretty big uh, part of baseball, too. It really is. And, uh, you know, baseball on the measurement side and you think about, you know, all of the um, scouting and all of the, you know, Ivy League and MIT people that are in it. But it's also affecting the coaching side. Right. And, uh, you know, to your point, Nick, I mean, people used to think you had to hit down. And, and now all of a sudden people are trying to change that and hit up. I know it sounds crazy to think about like baseball and golf like that, but that's how you can just smash it. Right. So exit velocity, that's new terminology because TrackMan came into the sport and now you're starting to be able to, you know, scouts back in the day used to say, you know, how they would rate power is a guy would hit the ball and they would hit a stopwatch. And when the ball lands and then how long did it be, you know, stay in the air. Whereas today, no, no, no. We, we, we know Stanton has, you know, the best power because you can see all his exit velos are as, as high as anyone. And of course, you know, judge from the Yankees and stuff like that. So that's changed, but also on the pitching side, not only are they getting faster and faster, but you think about something, whereas in golf, I know we deal with bad backs and bad knees and stuff like that, but I mean, you can hit a lot of golf balls relative to how many pitches you can throw. And I always think about, you know, just, when you have a truly finite amount of, you know, pitches that you can throw and someone's coaching you and you're trying to get as good as you can, I, I, I think there's only one rate. I would always want feedback on what I did to make sure what I'm trying to do is working or not working so that I can, you know, keep working and refining. And now all of a sudden you're seeing pitchers, right. And uh, you know, not, not to name teams and things like that, but you know, there's a lot of track man, units in the baseball market being used at the coaching and player development level and really having pronounced effect, much like we've seen it happen in golf. Well, we were actually not to get too far on baseball since we're a golf company, but I had a, we were having a great spirited conversation about this this weekend with my uncle who played pro ball at one time. And we're talking about uh, pitchers and spinning the pitch now and slower pitches with more spin. Now, the argument is, is that they're putting these substances on their hands that are causing this. But I think they're also paying attention to it because they have the ability through machines uh, like TrackMan, TrackMan being the predominant one, to understand their velocity and their spin rate and how much they can make a ball move. So, I mean, I think that's brought it to the forefront more where I, you know, my uncle's like, well, they were doing that 30 years ago. Well, I don't think they had a way of measuring it. Now they do. And it's becoming very predominant. And that's why you're seeing seven or eight no hitters already this year. Well, that, that that's right, Nick. And, you know, you think about it, it's high spin or low spin, right? Low spin helps you throw sinkers. High spin might give you the riser. And the things that don't look like 
the middle of baseball are the ones that are really, really hard for the batters to hit. But the other thing is, is it's not just, and only a few pitchers know this that are working on it, uh, you know, where they, they adjust the seams and there's some additional uh, things that people are learning about. And, and, and if you didn't measure the ball all the way, you wouldn't know that adjusting the seam and throwing it a certain way could make the outcome of that pitch very different. And there are, you know, just like in golf, there are launch monitors that are guessing what a ball does. But, you know, again, on the track man side, you know, what <laughs> for us, you have to measure it all the way, but we also measure the spin and uh, it's not just high spin. It's also low spin that can make pitchers very effective. So Cassie, um, what else have we heard from our, uh, our, our, our viewers, our bloggers, our socialites out there that maybe we need Matt to just kind of chime in on? Do we, I mean, you, you touched upon the um, italicized. Um, what about, you know, we hear, you know, we've already touched upon it, Matt, but I, maybe still we can make it a clear, just big point here. Um, the measurement of the golf club, you know, the some of the others out there make you, and there are different ones that make you put different kind of markings on the golf club where you guys don't. And so they say that it's not as accurate as when it has a marking. What would you say to somebody that, that has that mindset? I mean, I do know that the leading competitor, uh, I don't know if that's the leading, but, you know, they're out there telling everybody they're not going to have to put markers on the club soon. So we'll see if they come out with that. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is being able to not only see with radar, but see with camera. That's what we're doing today. So I don't think, you know, when you talk about accuracy of angle of attack, club path and all of that within a degree that they should be so concerned, right? I mean, I think, you know, the repeatability of someone and being able to fit to a trend or a pattern is more key. But by the time you start putting stickers on and then, you know, stickers on your gamer, stickers on all the evaluation equipment, um, you, you start bogging down the process. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's not really that technology is seeing the club and the ball. They're just seeing the stickers. So I've had a lot of, you know, um, very educated pros. You know, if you put the stickers on a little bit wrong, you can show that that club has the wrong lie angle. You can skew the results quite a bit by just putting the stickers on the wrong way. Uh, we try to take that and make not only ease of use for our customers, but also try to take that error. You know, the bias of someone just doing a sloppy job putting things on. And, and you, don't, you don't worry about that with TrackMan. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've always said, I've always said when somebody asked me about that, I said, you know, if you, if you think about it and, and just with logical thought, if you have, if, if you're going by a sticker, the sticker has to be on a certain way every time. Otherwise you're, you're changing the algorithm every time. And so, you know, that's usually a key. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing necessarily. It still measures good, but I just think TrackMan's approach of trying to make not only easy use, but what would be the best, because obviously, and, and that's where I think, you know, Frederick, which I always, I always thought, and this is where today I actually learned something folks. I thought you were still part of the subsidiary of this defense group, but I always go back to that. Like you couldn't put dots on, you wouldn't put dots on a missile to do it. You trained the radar to do it. And that's what you guys do is train uh, the radar to do it. And that to me makes the most sense to do. Yeah. You, you, you start talking about all the things that the scientists at TrackMan are working on. Uh, it, it's fantastic, right? Because Every time we do data collection, that data is stored in a computer. And every time there's a new firmware, we run the new, uh, the, the old data against the new 
firmware. And, you know, there's a lot of reference equipment. Um, you know, as you say, Nick, I mean, markers aren't necessarily bad. I mean, that's how we, you know, we have a uh, markered system as one of our reference technologies. But then you use that and it's it's not the ones you guys are thinking. I mean, it's a very high level R&D system. But then we also have multiple TrackMan side by side and they all have a little bit different view. And now all of a sudden we train the algorithms based on the data and the reference data, which again is against a markered system, which we have a PhD person, you know, come in and make sure everything's supplied the right way, which is a tedious process, but also make sure that the data is correct and then compare it against multiple TrackMan's raw data. And that's how we continue to optimize and improve things. So I think as we we close this thing out, a couple of things. I'd love to give track. We love TrackMan. You guys are great partners. We, 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 you know, obviously we do our research and we're always looking at the competition. But at the end of the day, we always still come back because it's just, it, they keep up that good, if not uh, way ahead of the curve. And, but you guys have a lot of cool things that we don't, that our business doesn't require. So, you know, you guys have um, awesome simulators now. Um, all, you do ranges now. Talk a little bit about that stuff and then maybe even give, as we close out here, you don't have, obviously you're not going to give anything away, but maybe what high level, what is the future of TrackMan and the involvement of TrackMan? You know, you guys are part of this early trend, right? Is that uh, effective golf performance can be measured inside. And we're seeing, I mean, part of it being pandemic, right? Is that the growth in the indoor golf market is something we didn't really expect. Thankfully, we were working on it. And you, you, you mentioned that, Nick. I mean, you know, we acquired a company years ago, you know, a company that we used to work with. They would do tour events and, you know, you see them, you know, showing the topography of the hole and everything like that. And, you know, they had a few golf courses and um, they said, hey, you know, we, we, we would be great partners. And so we, would, we got into a position, we acquired that company. So just a almost three years ago, we started in this with just about 13 courses. And, uh, you know, the graphics were undisputed the best, right? So that part was great, but we really had to work together to make that uh, consumer experience the way we wanted it, right? Where the ball flies look great. Uh, the bounce and rolls were unquestioned because they use, you know, LIDAR technology to fly the course. We use photo references to make them completely real. But I mean, I'll, I'll fast forward that so we don't spend too much time telling about the journey of getting there. But today we're over 120 courses in our library um, for 170 under contract. So, you know, when you're a TrackMan customer, instead of having to buy new courses, if you're current on our software package, you just keep getting these courses. So uh, hopefully I haven't made too many customers want to come in and play these courses on you there, Nick. But uh, um, part of it is, you know, people who set up businesses for, you know, commercial indoor centers for trade or instructors do that now as well. But uh, a lot of people who have the means and, you know, a, a big enough house, um, they're bringing a TrackMan in for personal use. And, um, you know, that's that's the fastest growing segment of our business today. You did mention the range business. You know, that uh, if we remember the first part of this discussion, right, that's the reason TrackMan was created in the first place. And um, we just passed 100 facilities worldwide using TrackMan range technology. So now you can go to the range and, you know, hit balls there and all that data of where the ball went. But the nice part is when you're at the range, you know, all those golf courses, you can fly the ball on those holes and practice at the range. 
like it would be at a golf course virtually. So, um, you know, find your distances, meaning hit every club in your bag, know what your gaps are, compare clubs and things like that. So um, those are the things. I mean, there's a lot of things, right? I mean, we sold our first while we were doing, I know one of the uh, things we talked about before getting on this call, um, and you know, is our um, NFL, right? Being able to measure, and we were doing the Sunday night kicks on NBC. Um, The first NFL team has just acquired the TrackMan technology to help their um, kickers. Uh, unfortunately, it's not Chicago. I know. I know the journey you guys have been on. But uh, yeah, we should have been first on the list. Actually, you should you should just donate one to the McCaskies so that uh, that would help us fans feel better. Yeah. About it. Well, I, I know NFL teams are hurting for money right now, but uh, no, it, it, that's it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really rooting for the Danish national team and the European championship for so- what we call soccer, right? They still call it football, of course. But, you know, the Danish national team is using the soccer system for free kicks, penalty kicks. Um, and, and, and we think they'll have a pretty good showing here. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're working on all kinds of things here, but, but golf is the big part of our business. I mean, baseball's doing fantastic, but really it is the indoor market, the driving range and continuing to support, you know, great customers like you, uh, Nick and your team. Well, I want to thank you, Matt, for coming on and, uh, explaining TrackMan to our listeners and, and then kind of maybe debunking some of the thoughts that are out there that circulate through the interwebs and, uh, you know, everything you do for club champions. So thanks for coming on. It's uh, our pleasure. Thank you, Nick. And thank you, Cassie, for getting this set up. Of course. Hey guys, we don't do ads very often, but here's a great promo we have for Father's Day. Does it does it count as an ad if we're talking about ourselves? I don't know well, it does. just sounds better if I say ad, so <laughs> okay. that's why I did it. It sounds professional. That's fair. Okay, so professionally. <laughs> yep, so we actually do have a gift card promotion running for Father's Day from now until June 20th. If you guys visit clubchampiongolf.com and you check out the tab up top that says gift cards, any gift card of $150 or more earns you $75 towards an equipment purchase. So basically, you can treat dad to a fitting and $75 bucks towards his clubs so limited time offer go grab it yeah if you got a special dad or you are a dad go get it and buy it treat yourself hey everybody thanks for listening to fits with the founder remember to rate review and subscribe to support the show and if you want more equipment content follow club champion on instagram